0: Hey, this is Tim Jones, creator of the Sour Grapes comic strip, and you're listening to the Geek World All Stars Podcast Network.
1: All right. What do we have a lot to talk about about that? Oh, great. Are, are we...
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I have the feeling I might like agree with JD. I'm not sure. We'll see. They're not sure about what? What are we talking about? I'm sorry. About Craven. That I might actually agree. I might agree with you on Craven, given like. What hints you gave the last time, but we'll see. Oh, okay. All right. I don't even know where to go with it. Go
2: ahead. <laughs> Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this
0: character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference, like my heroes
1: when I was kid. That is my fondest memory of it, because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You want people to care. You want you want to strike emotions, and I knew that that Clone Saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yeah. imagine Pulp uh, Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse?
3: I can totally imagine that. You I'm sure what somebody's they call written like that pounder with cheese and France <laughs> What? <laughs> Boy ale with cheese yeah. <laughs> I can totally tell. So I, I would I would watch the hell out of that movie.
4: Yes, I
5: gladly saw sacrifice up my my progeny to you, a mighty Marvel Beast.
6: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but Neil Adams is somewhere going, hmm, it's, uh, it's my
6: time.
1: <laughs> uh, how do you measure success? Hey everyone, you're listening to Superhero Speak. Hi. I am your host, <laughs> the one and only Dave.
6: Someone
0: is all kinds of geeked up today. Let me tell you that <laughs> you were listening to her superheroes speak until Dave blew out your speakers. <laughs> I'm <laughs> John.
1: <laughs> JD, I have to go clean my shorts. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm, just, I'm just, you know, just in a mood. Um, how how is everyone doing? How are you doing, JD? No, I'm I'm solid, man. Kickstarter
6: wrapped up. Finished at twenty five hundred bucks, which was five times the asking price. Sold around 250, 300, something like that books. I got to do the final count. Excuse me, final count. But, uh, on the whole,
1: on the whole, my most successful endeavor as a, uh, creative person. Yeah, I just bought the book. I didn't, I didn't. Appreciate I, that. I didn't, uh, want you to kill me. I'm not a sadist.
6: Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. I almost had John talked into killing a second person. He never uh, responded to my
0: uh, retorts. I, I know, I know. My, maybe, maybe uh, next year. Your, kill your, your next kick, Kickstarter. I, I can. Oh, I'm always willing to kill you. <laughs> I was. I was threatening to have him kill me twice. Try to he figure was. out how to, how to do that. And I said, no, you could actually pay a
6: second time, and I could kill whoever you'd like.
1: Ooh. <laughs> wait a minute. Whoa. Wait a minute. I know who's on the top of that list, and I don't like that. Well, with you, I would just like you know, I'm, I'm
0: giving the option. If I had had fifty potential. bucks more. I just. <laughs> Oh my you, goodness! You should have been the only one left on the podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
6: should have reached out to me. I would have made a deal. <laughs>
1: uh, at least I know where I stand. That's all. I am a whore. So. <laughs> uh, and how about you, John? Are you whoring yourself out?
0: Yeah, no, no, I'm not. But I've started writing again. I've got my my trusty little a uh, uh, timeline and it's, it's hooked into Scrivener and I've got my entire um, manuscript in there now. And I actually started writing again Perfect. and it's pretty, it's pretty cool because you like you're, you're writing in Scrivener and it links up with the timeline and you can see um, you, you can, you can in your script mark out where that, where the next timeline point is. It's really cool.
6: Cool. Cool. So I, I don't do that in Scrivener because example, this week I was writing and I wrote a conversation, and I went, how did they? How did this even happen? So I wound up – I have to think about this. So I took a couple of days off of writing, and I thought about something, and I wound up with a 10,000-word intro to the story. That's actually making it a lot better. But, I mean, this is why I write loose outlines is because sometimes things come up, and you have to kind of, you know, journey down the path. Like, I know if I'm driving on the highway, if I, I know where I'm going, but if I'm driving, I say, oh, hey, Waffle House, I haven't been there in a long time. I'm going to go to Waffle House for a little bit. You know, sometimes, sometimes you want to go to Waffle House and get them smothered and
1: covered so you know so john in your book are you going to take jd to waffle house and kill him
6: no, no. feel free man I, I i feel like i owe you and i don't have that kind of money no, 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 no. so you feel free to do whatever you want to me or me by proxy
0: Besides, besides I, I, I mean, no, I wouldn't do that unless you paid me. And, uh, yeah, but Dave, I'll do it for you for free.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I knew that was coming. I I know know I'd
0: have to write at least two books before, like, I could do a Kickstarter like GD's
1: got. So, so believe it or not, you know, I'm not a very superstitious person, but I have this one where it's like, and it's, it's, it's silly. I know, but it's just like, you don't put your name on a tombstone. Until you're gone. Yeah, I agree with that one. And you don't write a story about you dying. To be fair, he's not
6: writing the story about him dying. I am writing the story about him. And to be fair, all John's doing is taking the name of a character who was
0: already dead. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm their alias. I see. Their life couldn't have been. It had to have been really, really sad for them to have taken my name (laughs) as an alias.
1: Uh, Yeah, I know. So. Hey, well, speaking of sad, um, no, I actually, uh, for me, uh, talk about me for a second. Um, I have had a, a, an interesting week in the sense of I keep falling down YouTube rabbit holes and I've made a decision, guys. Uh, uh, I'm going to get remarried and I've, I've narrowed my future wife down to two women.
0: You, you have no idea how this works, do you?
1: And, and, and the, you just no clue whatsoever. Uh, and the first option is, uh, Emmanuel Capulet. Uh, she's a, she's a drummer. Uh, she has a lot of like videos on YouTube. Um, does she feud with the Montagues? No, 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 no. <laughs> no it, 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 I, I, I wonder, she probably hears that joke a lot. Um, you know, the only problem is that she's French Canadian. You know, not everyone's perfect. And sorry, no, no offense to our French Canadian fans. Um, and the second, I don't know if either of you ever heard of her, is, uh, Samantha Fish. She's a, a blues artist guitarist and singer and uh yeah so it's it's going to be one of those two so just, just, just so
6: you me. so you decided to settle for not living in reality good for you. yeah i was yeah.
1: gonna say oh well, i haven't lived in reality for a long time i thought you knew this oh. about me by now
6: good for you well at least you have come to terms with it mm. Like, mm. you you and your psychosis are now you know simpatico which is good yeah.
1: yes of course it's, it's 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 done deal you know well you want to hear something weird is Where, that I, where's the neck go yeah
6: for it. i was gonna
1: say well it's funny because i like i started listening i i heard a samantha fish song i'm like oh i like this and i started listening on spotify and then i just looked her up and saw the videos and i'm like there's something about her and it's funny because with the last name fish if that is her actual real name because you know artists take stage names and stuff uh there is a chance that she's related to my late wife so or or
0: she just took a last name that's an off-brand homage to uh,
1: Jerry Garcia. Huh?
0: Wait, what? Wait, Fish. what? Fish. Fish is a different band, right? But Fish was a tribute to.
1: Uh, well, they're a jam band. Yes. Dead. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 get, I get the connection. That's just weird. <laughs> allow me. Allow me to make
0: connections that nobody else will. Allow yes. me to say. Eh.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I worry for your mental health, John. All right. So, so that's that's. I, I have since he paid me to kill him. (laughs) So that's been my week.
0: Right there. (laughs)
1: Uh, But what we really should be talking about is the week out on the internet um, with a little social media madness. Just real quick quick this week. I mean,
0: I think I'm having audio problems. Wait, I can't. um, You'll have to skip it.
1: (laughs) So, so we had talked about Wonder Woman 1984 being pushed back again. This is the new New Mutants. Mm -hmm. And. we got, uh, Helen for oh, good. Hotchlin, H-O-E-C-H-L-I-N, uh, or Rain 2001, 2001, uh, on Twitter said, definitely it's being pushed back for legit reasons, not because it's bad and they are trying to make it better. New right. Mutants was great and it was put out knowing it would fail because of COVID. Hopefully DC is making a better, making a better with this than Disney did with New Mutants.
6: Wow, so we found, like, that's two. It's him and Volsker. <laughs>
0: yeah, <Those> the <laughs> fans. Rotten Tomatoes still stands at 55% for, for the audio score, which is, the audience, that's better than it was doing before, but I it's still not great. 55% a big improvement of where it was. It was like 20, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah. the the of course, well, we don't, we don't I, even I don't listen to the, the critics, but that's at 34%. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I don't, I'm not... I'm waiting for video for New Mutants. I'm not, that's not the movie I would risk my, my, uh, health for. Or, or pay,
0: or pay 30 bucks for it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: Wonder Woman, I might, but that's another hmm. story. I'd uh, pay
0: 30 bucks for Wonder Woman. I kind of agree with that
1: one.
6: And I don't, I'm not one to throw hey, around 30 bucks. Hey, but hey, I hey you know
1: what, though? Like, um, our brethren in the Geek World All Stars podcast network, uh, So Wizard reviewed Tenet on, uh, their show and they actually ventured out to the theater to see it. So and they said it wasn't bad because the theaters are basically empty still. That's so, a
6: good point. Yeah. Stuff can linger in the air though, so if someone comes in with the with the COVID and they go Bleh! and then you like you're sitting there and it's lingering in the air hours later and you yeah. accidentally eat some popcorn and the next thing you know you're dead.
0: So so just remember <laughs> just remember just remember when you're listening to the All Stars podcast make sure you're at least six feet away from your earbuds. No
1: no no no. So wizard
0: so wizard. That
6: him. Well, for different reasons. Yeah, if They got no. me on the show. I'm not going to critique them.
1: They're yes, yes. <laughs> they, they, they did a good job of promoting you. So.
6: I might um, need to whore around again, so <laughs> they're, they're good. They're good in my eyes. Uh,
1: and then the only other thing, really, that was a comment on something we did, uh, of course, we talked about Kingdom Come last week. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually got some feedback on it, but the one thing uh, we got was Shadow Walker said, discuss the kingdom after this. So Mm. Is that a follow up to Kingdom Come? It is, and it's not very good. Okay.
0: Yeah, I, I I saw the reviews for it when I bought Kingdom Come on Amazon, and uh, I I was pretty sure we weren't ever going to talk about that one. Yeah,
1: it's we're not. Like I I believe if we run out of comics to talk about, maybe we'll talk.
0: Web about it. is this where
6: I forget? I forget if the Kingdom is where Hyper Time is established or not. I can't remember, but yeah, there's no need to. Nothing right. memorable came out of the Kingdom.
1: And then something fun. This wasn't something we posted. It
6: clearly, it wasn't something we posted. <laughs>
1: uh, it's this is from uh, our good friends over at Ooh. Comic Book Nostalgia. This is cool. And uh, they put out a post, uh, Marvel Monday, uh, since this is Monday when we we'll record, and said, "Create your own Avengers team, five to seven me- members, open framework, go." And, and okay,
0: so Batman, uh, Superman.
1: I think we do Warren it within, Buffett. <laughs> we do it within the framework of Marvel though. How about that? Electro
0: Woman pack? and Dyna Girl.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Greatest That's American serious. Hero.
0: Well, the greatest hero yeah, yeah. Oh and, and the, the Manimal. The, the, the Manimal right? And the Captain America that stole a car. Oh, and the Cape. Oh god, the Cape, I forgot about the Cape. <laughs>
7: I don't yeah. know cape. You don't remember the
1: Cape, that short lived T V show? No. It
0: was it remember. was only one season. Um I don't remember it. It was kind of
1: horrible. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was horrible. The special effects were so bad, and this was early two thousands. This wasn't like eighties, nineties.
0: I have no memory of this whatsoever. No, neither do people that actually watched it.
1: So yeah, yeah, that's pretty much how it works.
6: So are we gonna do this right now? We're going to put together our own Avengers team. That could be fun. Yes, I think I think we should. Um, yeah. Okay, how many? How many members? A Marvel all time Marvel,
1: correct? Yeah, five to seven.
6: Five to seven members, of Marvel all time. Anybody from any period of Marvel time?
1: Yes. Okay. So, so, so you're thinking about it? Is that... I am, I'm thinking about it. Dave, you're up first because this is clearly something you've been planning. I, actually, I picked this kind of last minute to put on tonight. Um, well, you know, why don't, why don't we do it a little I, bit? I think, I think. Well, I think we can do this. This sounds fun. I, mm-hmm. I, I always go with, um, Cap has got to be on the team. I'm sorry for those who don't like Captain America. Um, but, you know, he's, he's, to me he's always the good the best leader for the avengers um you always need a powerhouse and i i mean it's so boring to go thor but i always thought the hulk was too much of a wild card you know i mean there's a lot of discussion in the in the books too about like he should have never been an avenger and all that stuff so and then hmm
0: how many how many do we get five to seven
1: five to seven You're, you're you're i hear you frantically typing Unless you do She-Hulk as your powerhouse. Alright, so we're gonna say, okay, we'll keep three, we'll keep the three boring, easy ones. We'll do Hulk, I mean, not Hulk, Cap, Thor, and, uh, and your technologist of Tony Stark. Um, and then you can get fun with the other two, and no, not Black Widow or, uh, Hawkeye. (laughs) Um, hmm. See, and I don't like, I don't like Wolverine or Spider-Man, which a lot of people pick because they're not team players. Um, let me think. Let me think. Uh, da, 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 da. go fast, man. I gotta go fast. Oh, you got you got your team ready? No, I, I well, yeah, but makes for a bad podcast if we're all quiet, you know? Right. Oh, well, yeah. I see. I see. You know, um, forty minutes of.
5: Mm, uh,
1: you know, I gotta edit some of this out. You know.
5: Oh.
1: Uh, all right. Fine. I will say uh Ant-Man and the Wasp. There you go. There's your five.
0: Well, you've got the wife-beating section. I didn't say what... S- I
1: did Scott Lang Ant-Man. Thank you. I didn't <laughs> say which Ant-Man. Okay, ah, okay. Ah, ah.
6: Eric O'Grady. <laughs> what? You want me Coinc- to go? Coincidentally, coincidence. Though, that was okay. the other... That was the Irredeemable Ant-Man. Yes. Joe, speaking of O'Grady's, Johnny, you up or am I up? Yeah, you go ahead because like, okay. you guys are the Marvel guys. I'm the one who has to do research on this. Okay. My thought... I'm going to go different. My, okay. my team, Doctor Strange, The Son of Satan, Blade, Ghost Rider, Hellcat, and, oh, I had it and I lost it, uh, screw it, Scarlet Witch. That's my Avengers.
1: Uh, no, you just described the Defenders.
6: Yeah, they don't, but the Defenders was cool. <laughs> if you put the Defenders, if you put the Defenders and slapped, i word Avengers on it, it would have sold a lot more.
1: Oh, no, no, I, I agree. I totally so that's agree. What, that's what I would do. Take the Defenders hey. and sc- slap on the Avengers.
6: Dark Avengers. Midnight yeah. Avengers. There you go. So if any Marvel editors are, are listening at JD underscore Oliva, <laughs> listen to me for five minutes and you'll fire me very shortly. after. <laughs> but, as but as long as you
0: but, get
1: the paycheck, you're fine. Yeah, as, long, as long as you get your severance, right? <laughs> There's no severance in freelance life you guys are talking about. Oh, we'll become a corporate stooge and then you get some severance. I'm trying over here. Oh, OK, OK. <laughs> All right, John. Oh, oh, I forgot. OK,
0: hold on. <laughs> Hold on. You forgot. Hold on. No, I'm I'm, I'm just changing somebody now because I just I just thought of somebody. Okay. All right. You ready? Yes. Yes. All right. So I am just going for the team that when the bad guys see them, they just like give up and say, no, 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 not none of that. So I'm gonna go with Molecule Man, Franklin Richards, Scarlet Witch, Blue Marvel, Carol Danvers, and Squirrel Girl. I like it. What? (laughs) I like it. Well, obviously the most powerful of them all is Squirrel Girl,
1: but. <laughs> you lost me a Franklin Richards, though.
0: Franklin Richards is powerful, man. Franklin Richards yeah, is, they all, all of these, all of these guys, like Franklin Richards and Mal-Q-Man are reality warpers. Well, so is Scarlet Witch. Blue Marvel is actually, I don't think he, he, he doesn't do reality, um, warping, but he controls basically all energy. Carol Danvers is probably the strongest vanilla. Um and then you know Squirrel Girl because she just basically throws chaos to the wind and says screw it I'm gonna go beat up on Thanos.
6: You got to have a character that we can like your everyman
1: character.
0: Squirrel Girl will be fun in that role. Yeah. All right, all right,
1: all right, all right. Fine, I'll allow it.
0: <laughs> I mean, no, who's I mean, gonna mess with that team, right?
1: No, I mean, that's the thing. You put, maybe you put all the the reali- reality warping people on the team. What's the point? They can do I mean, whatever they
0: want. I believe I Molecule Man and Blue Marvel have both beaten Dormammu. And, and,
1: and Molecule Man is also it. a villain. I mean, you might as well throw Doctor Strange in for good measure.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, because they still yeah. have one plot left, sure. <laughs> I mean, again, who's going to mess with that team? It's <laughs> it's like there, there was there was a there was a um, a YouTube video a while back. I'll have to go find it, but it was basically like, what if everybody had an Iron Man suit? It's like why doesn't everybody have an Iron Man suit? Yeah,
1: well, no, that's true, you know. And it's like why, you know. And they they address it a little bit here and there with like, um, because no, no, <laughs> because like boy. like you know, um, they they kind of addressed it in Endgame, right, where it's like he made those special suits for everyone that and and he did things to adapt to their abilities, not necessarily make them adapt to wearing an Iron Man suit.
0: Right, but Captain America with an Iron Man suit, he'd be twice as but, strong.
1: But, you know, it's like you gave Spider-Man an Iron Man suit. and It's kind of like, eh, I never really was a fan of that, so.
0: Except he had instant kill.
1: <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm talking about in the comics, but yeah, in the movie was even overkill as well.
0: Yeah, um, but even even in the comics, given given what Tony Stark's suit could do in, in Endgame, if everybody had an Iron Man suit, they'd be fucking unstoppable. Yeah,
1: at least probably. True. So, anyway. But anyway, all right, I digress. Uh, that does it for our social media madness for the week. Uh, thank you, Comic Book Nostalgia, for the, the idea. And uh, on that note, here is our good friend D Square to tell you
3: how you could be a part of social media madness. Enjoying the show? Want to be part of social media madness? Make sure you are following superheroespeak.com, where you can find all of the show's social media links at the top of the page while you're there, you can check out old episodes of the podcast as well as some other great content. Check the site often because we are posting some great comic reviews as well as comic book and movie news content every day. Make sure and follow us on Twitter at Superhero Speak. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. You can follow them at stars underscore geek. Geek World All-Star Podcast Network include great programs such as the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45, So Wizard, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Search for hashtag Stars. You will not be disappointed. Now, it's back to Dave and the boys on Superhero Speak. Thank you for that, Don. No, that was me.
1: Uh, It was me. Don't forget to check out the House of Team podcast on YouTube and wherever you find podcasts. And speaking of places that you can find podcasts, um, I don't know how you're listening to this show right now. Maybe you found us on Twitter or on Facebook or something and you clicked on the link and you're listening to it on our website. Um, But, of course, as always, we're available on Spotify and uh, Apple podcasts and wherever podcasts are available and now i'd like to announce we are available on amazon music woohoo we're madness yay (laughs) Um, i was reminded this week that uh uh, it was it had become open for other podcasts to become part of amazon music and some other podcast was like oh how do you get on and blah blah and i went and checked and it's like oh we're already on here so I don't know how long we were on there, but we're on there now, folks, so go check us out there. And on that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, we're back. Are you guys still here? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Yep. All right. Madness. That's what I was waiting for. Uh, I'm off my game tonight, man. That, too, is All right, so I have, we have some news. um. We have some news that actually broke uh, today, which is weird because it's something that happened months ago but was never in the news. Mirror. Yeah. Um, so uh, Michael Hogan, the um, uh, known as – I'm sorry. John, you, you're, you're throwing me off. Did you just send me something? John sent us an email about Iron Man suits during the show, and I didn't bother opening it.
0: Yeah. well Why are you even talking about it now? Because I got a Bing –
1: I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. At the same time. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. That was the thing. I got a bing. I'm like, what? What is going on here? All right. Sorry. Reset. Edit. Call is coming from inside the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Michael Hogan. So Michael Hogan, uh, known as uh, Colonel Ty. Colonel Ty on Battlestar Galactica, by many fans. Um, I actually know him. Um, I worked with him at a couple different conventions. Uh, probably one of the nicest people uh you'll ever meet and i don't mean that just because you know i like the character in fact i never watched Panel star until i worked with him the first time and then i ended up watching it after um apparently in a at a convention in february so probably one of the last conventions that were held this year uh he fell and bumped his head and uh suffered a massive brain bleed and has been in the hospital Ooh. um he has total paralysis on one side from it um and he is, uh, still in the hospital and him and his wife aren't, you know, doing so great financially right now. This has been a, a drain on their bills and whatnot. And, uh, a GoFundMe has been set up, uh, by a friend of the family. And, uh, I'm not asking, I'm not, I don't normally do this kind of stuff. Uh, I'm just saying he's a wonderful person. He's a great actor and, um, I had a lot of great conversations with him about acting in general, not about Battlestar Galactica. And uh, the link is in the description of the show. So if you would like to donate, please do so. Um, But, yeah, I mean, this is just terrible. I, I don't know. And it, I don't understand how it was kept out of the news for so long. So yeah.
0: basically, if you ever enjoyed any of his um, portrayals, um, any of his career, you know, there's there's. There's how you can show your appreciation.
1: Right. Right. So, yeah. All right. I guess we'll move on. Um
0: it's it's I I'm like 2020 has got me so down at this point like yeah. I can't.
1: I, it's I really hard it. to
0: deal with some of it.
1: Yeah. All right. So, so so moving on to happier news. Uh DC Universe <laughs> oh. DC Universe is officially dead. Okay. it. it's done. D- tell tell me
0: this. You have a service called DC Universe, meaning everything, which they almost put nothing on. And then they rebrand it to DC Infinite, which is greater than the universe, and they put less on.
1: Well, just the comics. It's now a comics only service. That's all. Right. Um, But they just
0: like, you know, they should have said like DC Galaxy or DC Smaller than the
1: Universe or DC We're Sorry. Can we be can we be honest, 100% honest? This is what they should have done in the first place. Yeah. He, they should have copied the Marvel model of the Marvel Unlimited and just boom, here's comics. You can get them online. Boom, because they make Marvel makes animated stuff and movies, and they don't. It's not available through Marvel Unlimited. You got to get that separately. So I don't know. What do you think, JD? It's better. It's what they should have had before. Now is this is this a true
6: back catalog or is this more of
1: those curated issues uh that that's a good question i don't think remains to be seen Yeah, exactly i think it's uh and i have dc
0: i have dc universe i got the. i got the um it it pinged me on my phone uh to tell me that that was happening it'll
6: also have i'm reading the story it'll also have exclusive comics created for the platform that's interesting they're doing stuff for it but it doesn't say if there's old comics that lack trades, so you can find them in the comicsology. Hmm, I don't know.
1: It doesn't but tell it, me like how much of it is, you know? Right, that's that's the thing. The article doesn't say that. I, I I've read a couple articles. Nothing is said that so far. And
6: you so. gotta wait six months for like newer stuff, which is how uh,
1: Unlimited
0: works. Marvels, yeah. And then all the all the TV stuff, all all the shows are just being scattered throughout right like hbo max or cw or wherever right well,
6: speaking of speaking of hbo max it also says in this that hbo max is being added for five bucks a month if you already
0: subscribe to universe Yeah. You know what if you already described uh, prescribed to both of them what if you get dc universe but not hbo max i guess what that's what they're saying if you get
6: hbo if you had dc universe and they're grandfathering you into this you can add on hbo max for five
1: bucks hmm. i wonder how long that's gonna last
6: i don't know it's interesting though
1: yeah So, we shall see. Um, I think a lot of people... I think more people will sign up for it now.
6: Well, now it's more focused. Like, before they had, like, grandiose ideas, and it was like when you go to the salad bar, but half the shit's gone. Yeah. (laughs) The ice cream machine is down, and you're like, all right, I guess I'll have salad, you know? (laughs) Wait, you went to the salad bar to look for ice cream? Like, when you are a kid, you go to the all Country Buffet, and it's like, you know, yeah, there's a salad bar, but they also have, like, cinnamon rolls, and roast beef, (laughs) and macaroni and cheese, and now it's like, no, that stuff's all gone. All you're left with is like, you know, salad. And, and the, and and the taco like,
1: taco fixings, but no
6: And no the meat. taco fixings, but no tacos, you know? Right. right. You gotta scrape out the bottom of the mac and cheese. Like that's what this is right now. <laughs> like, at least you go to a salad bar, like, hey, this is a salad bar, and you got the baddest salad bar on earth. But you just don't even tease me with this other stuff that's not gonna be there.
1: You know? <laughs> wow me with your salad bar. So so Marvel Unlimited is the uh is the good salad bar and uh DC Universe is the sell-up bar with the broken ice cream machines. I
6: don't yeah, know. pretty much like that. It's like that real shitty, rundown old country buffet.
1: Yeah, okay.
6: That peaked in like '93, and it's still around. You're not quite sure why. You go back to it after been about 15 years since you've been there. You remember good memories, and you go in, you're like, oh, "This place blows." Like yes. that's pretty much what DC Universe was.
0: Except that buffets don't exist anymore because COVID. That's true.
6: Let's imagine I made that joke six months ago.
0: Yeah,
1: true. Okay, wait. <laughs> DC Universe is like Waffle House.
0: Whoa, whoa. A discount knockoff Waffle
1: House. Oh, okay, okay. Because they're copying
0: the the nice shiny one up the street with marble
1: on it. Sure, sure, because only the most reputable people eat at Waffle House. All right.
6: (laughs) That's your East Coast attitude shining through.
1: (laughs) Moving on, uh, we got a couple previews, guys, this week. A couple good ones. The things coming to Disney+. Plus. And let's start with the Mandalorian Season 2 preview. Uh, what did we think, guys, J.D.? Big fan, big fan, big fan. A big fan of the preview or big fan yeah, of the show? Yeah,
6: like Well, <laughs> big fan of the show. Love the preview. Like, I'm excited. Like, this looks like everything I liked about the last season, plus a little bit more.
1: Everything you liked about the last season, plus Jedi's.
6: Plus Jedi's. Plus Sasha Banks as a
0: Jedi. Yes. So plus, I'm excited about that. Plus, plus Rosario Dawson. As Ahsoka Tano. That's pretty cool, too. But they didn't show us, her. They yes. showed, us,
1: they, we did showed not...
0: us Sasha Banks. Right, right. And they they think that, may, you know, well, the, the the talk on the street is that, that's you know, she may be the one that leads us to Ahsoka Tano. Wait, wait. But,
1: wait, John, there's mm-hmm? COVID going on. You were out in the street? Wait a minute. Uh, uh-huh. All right. as long as we're I social wore a mask, distance, you know, right, okay. social distance. Okay. But how could you hear what they were saying, then, if you were six feet away from them? Well, there's a lot of yelling going on. Oh, okay, good. Uh Yeah, no, it's, it's exciting. I, I, I cannot wait for October 30th. Um, I'm not going out on Halloween. I'm watching Mandalorian. That, the whole trailer
0: where men, the Mandalorian like fires up his little super weapon when he gets surrounded and Baby Yoda like reaches out Mm -hmm. of, of his little thing, hits the button and closes the, closes the window. (laughs) That got that, that alone. Uh, you know if the writing's going to be like that i i so want to watch this the,
1: uh, i don't know why the most exciting thing for me was when the x-wing showed up i was like oh my god finally a ship i recognize well i know they had there, a tie fighter last season there's also talk
0: uh that that's that's that ice planet isn't hoth it's the it's the i forget the name of the planet it's the they they think it might be the one where um they the jedi mine crystals for their lightsabers the same one that they mined all the crystals for for the death star and the same one that they later turned into the star killer data, uh, base which Hyber means crystals. that yeah, yeah. the kyber crystals so 20%. basically the mandalorian could be visiting this 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 planet as the first order is starting up and starting to to turn that planet into a new superweapon
6: hey don you're listening to the show right now d square what planet are we talking about please respond on twitter <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know you will.
6: I know like halfway through Wednesday I'll have an
1: answer to that question. So. <laughs> Thanks, Don. Uh, in fact, why don't you write a whole article about it for the website? All right. You... Well, you
0: know what we could do? Like, I uh, just, it's Kyber Crystal Planet. Uh, blah, 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 Okay, Ilum. Ilum. It's oh. the planet Ilum. Cheater.
1: No, I'm cutting that out so Don has to answer.
0: Yeah, All right. At yeah. a point. <laughs> you know no, just, just block out when I say it. Now, just 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 delete that at that awesome. and then...
1: then we're just messing with that at that point <laughs> I know I know I know
6: yeah.
1: all right uh, let's move on uh, the other great preview that we got uh, we got our uh, a full length preview for one division and um, I still have no idea what's going on. no isn't it great <laughs> this is bonkers. oh my god
0: <laughs> um, is that what what's your name the the the, the big witch Harkness? Agatha Harkness. Oh, that's exactly who that probably is. Yes. Well, she was dressed up as a witch. I mean, how they're like hidden that makes perfect Agatha, sense. Yeah, Agatha Harkness, because she's she seems to follow them from time to time to time. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And, and the other the other one was uh uh what's your name? Photon, the oh, the, the sure. one that got that got Monica fired Rambo. out of the reality. Monica Rambo, Yeah, who we've already been And the and 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 the people that's that uh, that surrounded her when she got fired out of the the reality that's that sword
1: could be could be. Well could be
0: i like the idea of agatha Harkness because we have already seen them with the twins and they, they yeah well they're yeah they hinted at it before i guess but now now they you actually see the kids
1: yes no i mean it makes the most sense um yeah i have i have a a slight prediction and i could be way off um that obviously the I think, I think it's obvious, and I could be wrong, that this is going to kind of be a play on House of M. Yeah, I think so too. Where she has, she learns she has the ability to like manipulate reality, and Monica Rambeau is her, the real world showing up, being like, "Hey, you're messing things up." Um, sent in, sent in as an agent of Sword. <clears throat> possibly, possibly. I, I think we're, I think we're getting Sword, but you know, let's not, uh, let's not jump the gun just yet. Uh, but she's totally Agatha Harkness. Yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, because yeah, like I'm very excited because she's the only one that's in all the different timelines or TV following
0: shows them right. around. Yeah, and it makes perfect sense because she was They're... the one that helped Wanda with her power, right? Taught her. So he... <clears throat> this begs the question: Do we in fact get our first look at Marvel, the MCU Mephisto? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good Not... question. Not in this, but maybe in... Like, well, this, this This leads into... Okay, let's play. Well, not just the madness, but that's what
6: the kids are. The kids, or at least when they were introduced, they were fractions... Fragments, excuse me, of Mephisto's soul. Like, and it seems like they're straight up steering into that storyline. Hmm. Hmm. Like, this is like... It's like Steve Englehart, but crazier. So, are are we being... Like this I mean, if that's Agatha Harkness and you get the twins, which clearly sets up Young Avengers down the line at some point. Oh yeah, because they're already training Hawkeye's daughter, right? So Hawkeye's daughter, well, that's different in the comics that's a different girl, but they do have Cassie Lang. She is she is one of them. She's Stetcher. So we we do have hints of the young Avengers already. So I just this is clearly wicked in speed. Do we have a little Mephisto action too? I don't know. I'm excited.
1: Yeah. No, and then um my son and I were talking about it, and he was like, "Well, obviously, she brings Vision back. Do you think she brings uh, uh, her brother, um, Quicksilver? She brings Quicksilver back as
6: well." No, well, it depends now because that right is that rights issue has been fixed,
0: correct? But 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 she also it, the other the other thing is she the reason she's bringing um, Vision back is because she was connected to the Mind Stone. Like she, they, they were, they were, they were connected on another level, right? Like to the point at the end of Endgame, game, I, somebody asked her something and she said, we thought so. Not, I think, thought I think so. It's, we think so. Right. So like he's in her head probably. And that's how she's able to like, she can reconstitute him in her own reality. Possibly.
1: Possibly. But I mean, that's not, uh, either here I'm or get, there. I'm good. No, I'm good. Get, I'm getting hit real nerdy. That's not really how her powers work in the comics. No, but we're yeah. talking about the Marvel
6: Universe. We also I mean, don't know how her powers work in the Marvel Universe. I don't think she knows how her powers work in the Marvel Universe. Which makes sense. I think this... Right. Yeah, I think this be will be how we
1: explained. It makes sense that Conference. Harkness is there, right?
6: Yes. yes. So I think this is how we're going to finally understand what the Scarlet Witch can do. Because we haven't really learned what she's all about. Really.
1: Yeah. be interesting. Oh. Here's the real question. Are they mutants now? No idea. I no idea. And I... I keep wondering if this is somehow her messing with reality is somehow brings the mutants in. It's possible. Like she, and
6: she inadvertently messes with the past to allow them to, I mean, that's some straight up Marvel comics
1: BS right there, but Hey, <laughs> it works. Like I'm okay with it. <laughs> Marvel comics. BS. I love it. Um, yes, very much so. I mean, but, it's as bad as super Superboy
6: prime punching the walls of reality. <laughs> <laughs> like, comics, comics is stupid. Once you learn to accept that, everything is fine.
1: You know, yes so all right well on that happy note for disney plus we have not not a sad note but a not and not even surprising at this point uh because we know they were still working on it uh falcon winter soldier has been pushed back to next year um no release date just the release date that was on the website was taken down and uh, it's speculated to be 2021 So we'll have to wait for that, but we'll be getting hopefully WandaVision soon. (laughs) Are either of you surprised by this news? Nah.
6: Yeah, there's been a a pandemic, so, you know, not not a lot of work has been able to get done. Has has there been a pandemic,
0: really? You may have noticed. No. Are you sure? These things do slip by Dave once in a while. He he does have, you know, certain things on his mind, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, like uh, uh, Samantha Fish and and Emmanuel Capulet. Anyway. I didn't uh, say they were
0: important things, just things. uh,
1: Hey, they're important to me, so they're important. Um, and then our last bit of actual news is that uh, we finally got She-Hulk cast. And okay. I they- am
0: really excited about this. I t- Have you ever seen or- Orphan Black? I just saw the commercials and I used to watch Doctor Who. I never watched the show, but people I know
6: who watched it loved it.
0: Oh, she so. is freaking amazing, and she can switch between personalities and, like
1: and crazy. Who, who is she? Because I didn't say it yet.
0: Titania Maslani.
1: Yes, who is the the main actress of Orphan Black, and she won a, quite a few awards for that show because she plays multiple characters in the show. Go ahead, yeah, John.
0: All clones, and and just just you know, she switches between dialects and and languages, and just she just she's just unbelievable um she played like at least like i don't know like 15 different versions of herself on on orphan black um and and she's she's gonna she's gonna kill it as she hulk
1: so so here's an interesting thought right um doing i don't know how many seasons was orphan black like three or five five i think and and uh like that's the ultimate resume for an actress right like she showed that she could do all these different character types um so she probably, I mean, I don't know. I would think she could pretty much get any job she want. I find it interesting that she chose to play She-Hulk. Well, she got offered, I'm sure. She didn't choose it, you know? Right, right. But, like, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying she she campaigned for it. I'm saying someone said, hey, you want to play She-Hulk? And she said, yes. Like, does she that just, yes, money is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, guarantee I was going to say, does that give more legitimacy to playing a Marvel character or is it just about the money? So,
0: Well, it doesn't matter because she'll do a good job. Right. Yeah. When you I get mean, paid to do art, that's a great thing.
1: That's the dream. Yeah. Is it? Yes. yes. Okay, good.
0: And I mean, uh, this this is going to be like, I mean, She-Hulk's going to be like a series, right? Like um, 13 maybe episodes a season yeah, or something what, like that?
1: Or whatever, whatever they do on Disney Plus, but yeah.
0: Yeah. So this is going to be a walk in the park for her. She only has to play one personality, and she, and she only has to play one well, part. Well, here's a here's like question. She was, you have any idea how, how much tape there is of her because she was playing multiple people on screen at the same time? Not how, how long her days were for Orphan Black. You, this is going to be
1: nothing. Do you select an actress like that because you're planning to show a duality with She-Hulk?
6: That's a great question. So I think you can actually... You have the flexibility to do that because then you can oh, do yeah. the savage "quote unquote" She Hulk uh-huh. and the lawyer She Hulk, and have them both be believable. Fan,
1: yeah,
0: for, for her easily,
1: yeah, right, right. Because even when when she's even savage She Hulk, she still has a personality, and the Hulk does too in the comics, but they never explored that in the movies until they skipped over it and gave us Professor That's Hulk. What? Um but yeah, so I would love to see them actually finally explore it, even if it's with She-Hulk instead of regular Hulk. I would finally love to see Marvel explore that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we shall see. I am, I am highly optimistic with this casting. I, I can't see it going too wrong. All right. Now, before we get to our main discussion, there's two quick rumors I wanted to hit on. Um, the first one, this has been floating around. This has been on a lot of websites. Um, and that is, and I for the last few days that Henry Cavill actually signed a three movie deal to return as Superman to the DCEU. Mm. And I know, I know, I know, JD, I know. However, there were rumors that Ben Affleck was coming back, and everyone was like, ah, that's not going to happen. And then, boom, he was in Flash.
6: That's true. Well, he hasn't been yet.
1: But and, and there's a lot of, I know he, I know it's not real until it's on film. Um, true. There have been talks of him being in Shazam and uh, the next Shazam movie and possibly sure. Black Adam. All of all of him
0: or just his chest.
1: So that's I was gonna say, could that be what this is, is that he's not necessarily coming back to do Man of Steel 2, but he's going to be in like Shazam and Black Adam.
6: Well, this has been rumored for a while. Like I just don't I wanna see a verified source. Like I don't like rumor milling. I'm not saying it's not possible. But until I see something like there's nothing there's nothing in that article that that, that I even see as a smoking gun. You know, it doesn't even yeah. like it doesn't even say sources say like it's just like even we know.
0: got this covered. hasn't said that yet. And they'll say anything. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, they will.
0: I was on another show and they had to cover. They said, well, they're doing a
6: news thing. And they mentioned we got this covered. And I had to be like, wow, well, mm-hmm. you know, I had to do. Like, I forget what show I was on because I did so damn many of them. But there was like, I like, sorry to disappoint you guys, but,
1: uh, it sucks. Oh, I, 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 have, I have listened to podcasts and they referenced them and I'm like, oh my god, seriously. Yeah. Uh, alright. But, yeah, no, we'll, we'll see. It'll be interesting. I, I, you know, I like Henry Cavill. I'd like to see him get another chance and maybe be a little more charming as Superman. Um, i kill people. Yeah. No, 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 we're not getting into that one today, JD. Uh
6: (laughs) Every Superman appearance he had revolved around someone or something or lots of people dying. Or himself. Like, the DCEU Superman is so, like,
1: metal. (laughs) That's why. Not in a good way, though. Right, right. It's just, it's like black metal. That's why in the Snyder Cut, he's going to be in his black costume.
6: Yes. It's like King Diamond and stuff. Like, it's so... Ugh. We
1: Hopefully just need to better, give him his better, long hair, though. Um, true. Bring that mullet back. All <laughs> right, and now, now this one just came out today, and again, total rumor. Uh, it does say sources say, and apparently, um, the site that broke it broke another story about Star Trek a couple years ago that oh, turned out to be true. Have you
0: have you gone have you gone to this because um, they, there's an update on it that says that Paramount. Paramount confirms with us this is not true, and Star Trek movies are still in development.
1: Oh, ah, well then, never mind. <clears throat> so we'll not be covering that story. Nope. No, no, there is no story. There is no story. Forget <laughs> what you've seen here.
0: I kind of like what a, <laughs> I kind
6: of like when a uh, company gets in front of a rumor and goes, "No, that's not true." Even if it's not, I mean, it's them controlling the message. Right, right.
0: Important. So I, I, I would have actually liked if the story had been true, though, because I do not like the Paramount Star Trek movies. Paramount Star Trek
1: movies have all made money, though.
0: Have hashtag not my Star Trek.
1: Thank you, thank you. I, I yes, because they're trying too hard to be adventure action movies, and that's yeah what Star Trek is Star I,
0: I, Wars. The, the last thing, the last thing I wanted, yeah, exactly. The last thing I wanted was Fast and Star. Fast, <laughs> fast and Trekking,
1: Fast and Trekking.
0: Yeah,
1: or Star and Furious.
0: Yeah, I like what you tried there. Did not land. You did not. No, did. no, no. No, I, no. I well, I landed just basically on my face
1: yes the judges give that a four (laughs) out of 27 all right
0: when when the concussion is is
1: fixed maybe i'll be able to understand now on to our main topic for the week everyone's been waiting for this 1987 marvel comics j.m dematis did am i saying that right dematis is one pronunciation Uh, and it is oh thank you and (laughs) it's safe Mike Mike Zek artist and it is Craven's Last Hunt. Um So so before we got started, John, you were you were grumbling a bit. Um you obviously never read the story before, so you're fresh into it. What did you think? Real real quick, what was your overall view on Craven's last hunt?
0: Just my first thoughts before we huh? go. Okay, my first thoughts are basically as I'm reading like the first three um, issues, how many drugs were they on when they wrote this? I, I don't think any. I, I, I find I find that hard to believe. I think it won't. There's actually, I got the background of this book, but continue. But, I mean, basically, that's that's it. It's like, I mean, I've got deeper thoughts on it, but that was my, like, first brush, was, like, this is trying to be something grand, and it's kind of landing, like, really, really not preachy but very um egotistical and I don't know
6: it just Blas- blasphemy sir blasphemy
1: thank you. okay all right all right JD um what was it when you do you remember what your first impressions were when you first read it and like what you thought when you read it now so um to be fair
6: I did not read this book until I was probably oh 26 27 because okay. I was I was a very young kid when this came out so I did not read it as um, as it came out, but I knew of Craven's Last Hunt. Like the the impact of Craven's Last Hunt had left such a big imprint on the Spider-Man titles that I had read books for years that were influenced by it without really realizing it. I think like uh, Todd McFarlane's Torment is the one that really I think takes the most cues from this.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely.
6: and then and also the spy, the uh, the, Dem- the Dematis, um Spider Clone stories very much he very much
1: picks up a lot of his um earlier and stuff here. You can also argue maybe the other, but we'll maybe you we'll can, get into that.
6: No, you can see I can I can get that. Like um when we get into it, I do have I do have opinions on this. I do like this story a lot, but I don't I think the wrong things came out of it. Okay.
1: Um so I was thirteen when this book came out. And um this is so this is, uh, I want to say 85 to 95 is heavy Dave comic book collecting time, right? You are right in the boom. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I, I was a victim to all of the, the multi-cover crap and, and, uh, image and all that stuff. But, um, so, and I think I, I, oh, I didn't mention this on the show, but I mentioned this when we guys were talking about it is like, my main book I collected was amazing, um and then I started web of probably around issue thirty, which I think is that's right around this time right and then uh i I didn't like being a kid who just had an allowance, like I couldn't go crazy, so I wasn't getting spectacular um which is interesting because this is probably the first time I hit a story that crossed over titles, so I didn't get it when I first read it and I missed a lot of the, what the story was trying to say, you know, um, I bought a collected edition when I got older and like, and I, and I could say to rereading it now, I totally get this story and what it's about, what the theme is. And it's like, Oh, this makes a lot of sense. This is very well written. Like I get what he was doing. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. John it sounds like you, you, maybe you missed the the point of the story and, J.D., you can you can correct me if you don't believe this, but it seems like it's a story about identity and perception. Absolutely. Yeah. It's about your self-identity and how others perceive you. You know, and it's a play on the age old uh, trope that you're the hero of your own story.
6: I, I can absolutely see that. What I think is interesting about this is this isn't this doesn't feel like a Spider-Man
1: story. Oh, it's not. It's Especially- a Kraven story.
6: Well, no, not even that. But I mean, like when DeMattis pitched this two other times for different characters, he pitches this as a Wonder Man story in the early 80s. And it's the same idea as Grim Reaper, Wonder Man's brother, is going to take over his identity. They pass on it because who gives a shit about Wonder Man? And then later on, he pitches that at DC where it's going to be a Batman story where Batman dies, quote unquote, and Joker takes over the Batman identity. And then he later went on to cobble – Going insane from the, the the bolts of that idea that he had ten years prior, uh-huh. and then he brings it into Spider Man. And like one of the things I find, and, and Zach's artwork really complements is it really feels more like a Batman story in parts than a Spider Man story.
1: That's funny because you said the same thing about uh, the death of Gene DeWolf. I think it might have been just
6: anything going on in the mid eighties. I think a lot of I think that's the Alan Moore impact on comics in the mid eighties where right. everything starts trying to feel a little bit heavier and Batman just fits better into that heavier scene, you know? Mm-hmm. And like I'll get into it a little bit later with why I think that this is a good book, but I think it takes Spider Man into wrong places. But it's great. Like um, it's
1: really good. Yeah. So so okay. Okay, let's try this. John. What yeah. is what is an something about this book that you liked?
6: That bad, huh? No, no. <laughs> Wow, I've never heard anyone like
0: honestly John, this is very much surprising to me. No, I like I said, I, I that was just my first brush with it, right? So, like it seems it seems like the first 3 issues tell one story and the second 3 issues tell like almost a completely different story yet a follow-up to the first three. And it's just like you can't really get what it's saying until you read the whole thing. Yeah. Cause like you read the first three issues and if that's all you had, you'd be yeah, literally, that's, you know, that's where I, I, mean, I'm reading the, the prose and, and it's just, wow, this person is really, really, you know, stuck in their own head and, and, or on drugs or something. And, but, uh, you know, you'll, you'll only start to figure things out as you, as you get to like maybe the last two issues. Um, the, uh, the art is amazing um i love the art i think it's all mike Zach's best work i really do yeah and uh i mean uh, the the idea for the story i i kind of get it um and it's it's ambitious to say the least so um you know i i don't know i'm still processing it you know I think
6: it's the most ambitious Spider Man story, especially at that point in the characters' history. Oh, yeah.
0: I, I mean, like, like you were saying, it, it's not a Spider Man story. And the, I mean, I, one of the things I didn't like about it was, you know, again, like Spider Man, as with every storyline that needs Spider Man to do something at a certain time, it's like, you know, why, why isn't his Spider Sense, you know, having him just wail on Craven? Oh, I've got a headache. Well, that was a really bad.
6: <laughs> yeah, but that's been a, But that's at least established in Spider-Man lore is that he doesn't understand the spider sense, and it's inconsistent with how it works. Right. Like, and that's been. A, this is '87, so at this point you have 25 years of that being a trope in the Spider-Man stories. But it is a well-established trope, you know. And if your if your superhero has ESP, like why does anything ever happen ever,
0: you know? Yeah. Well, I could I could actually answer that because that's part of my book but anyway um yeah i i i i get it all right so that explains that but it it's just it's just uh again like i don't know like i i it it was it was it was just you have to read all six issues in order to finally sit there and go oh this really is something interesting and different Funny you and, say
6: that. I mean, like, isn't that the point though, of to read the entire story before formulating an opinion
0: on it? Yeah, but you could say that it could have been tied together a little bit better because the first, the first few, they, there's, there's no hint of, of there's no, it's not really tied that well together for me. Huh? Um, See, always, the first I, half I, of Spidey
6: is Spidey's
0: is like craven's
6: perspective and the second
0: half is spider-man's perspective right yeah i i get that but you know it's it's again it's like you, if if i don't know i i'm I, i'm having trouble like vocalizing this
6: no and i get uh, where you're, i get where you're coming from because this the story does it does feel weird because it is so like other than gene de wolf like i think that in this era that it's very different than than what you think of as a spider-man story
0: And yeah, it's like, it's like, let me put it to you this way. In a, in a, in a, in a really good story, you know, as, as the thing progresses, you know where you are. You kind of expect what's coming or maybe you don't, but, but you, you're grounded in what's going on and you, you, the characters, the characters are, are kind of where you expect and all that. In this one, the characters weren't doing anything that I expected and it kept me off balance. And it not not just not just the characters doing not what you expect, but it the there was no there was no literary way in which you could grab onto any thread that made this make any sense until you hit the second half. Wow, I disagree and, with that immensely. What? I disagree with that immensely. But continue well i I mean you you don't you don't get I, I don't know I just you, you, all you can think of with Craven before you hit the the second half and he starts start he starts like making sense and speaking in complete sentences is that uh you know he's just he's he's either on a really bad trip or or whatever and he's like you know becoming the spider, but you know it's not until the second half that you start to get the idea, oh. This is um, not, you know, that he's not. It's it, he's not just screaming monosyllabic honor and 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 I am the spider and blah blah blah. It's, you know, oh, he's 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 on this this power trip of his own making, and he, his perspective is that he's, you know, he's he's taking his power back from Spider-Man, which is still a, a kind of an interesting perspective that not a lot of people I I think would would really glom onto um very well but uh you know it, it's not until then that you start to get your the, the ground under your feet
1: i i i find i find it interesting because uh yes. i mean one of the things you're saying is um it makes me wonder have you read any other comics with craven in them
0: oh once in a while i picked up an issue or two yeah i mean like i said okay. i was i was i was mostly my my box when i went to the comic book shops in the 90s, it was filled with mostly DC stuff.
1: So, so I mean, know,
0: like, I get, I get the idea of Craven though. I mean, I've seen him in like several different
1: mediums at this point, you know? Right. I mean, like, the story, uh, was actually, uh, originally called Fearful Symmetry and then it's become known as Craven's Last Hunt. Um, so it's about the symmetry between the two, the hero and the villain. Um, and it's funny because I never realized that this was pitched twice before. But it's funny because it—I think it does work better with those other characters. <laughs> when you now that I've heard that, you know, like I can definitely see this as a Batman Joker story or uh, a Wonder Man Death story, um,
6: Reaper story. Yeah, I think I think Remember, it, yeah. I think it could have worked well. What I like about this is the fact that this is this is an epitaph for Craven. Yes. Right. This is the only. This is the only Craven story that matters, right? They nothing brought him he,
0: back after this, though. No, right? no. This, yeah,
6: I'll tell you, they have, and this, he came back. About, I'll get into that in a second. But, yeah. uh, this is the problem with this. Is nothing problem. This is what's good about this. Is that Craven. This is Craven accepting his failure as a villain, and this is something we don't get a lot from from the villains. Is how they handle defeat after defeat after defeat, and the the pointlessness of existence of being a supervillain. And this is a supervillain who's had enough of being a failure. So he is going to prove to the hero that I might suck at being Craven, but I'm a better Spider-Man than you'll ever be. And I'm going to prove it to you.
0: A superior Spider-Man. Well,
6: well, no, fair enough. But then like he does it. And then when he, you know, then he, he kills himself. Like this is, this is him dealing with mental illness and being suicidal. And having his one, like, see, that's what, yeah, that's what I didn't get until I got to issue four. But you're not supposed to get it till you get to that point, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, you're not supposed to understand that. Like, you're supposed to not know. It. It's good that he, in my opinion, it's good that we don't know
0: exactly what he's thinking. Well, well, maybe, maybe, maybe it's because, like, I mean, this came out, what year again was it? It was? 87. 87. Okay, so, like, maybe if you were reading comics up to that point, like, was there any hint of that? That mental illness before? No, no absolutely not. Huh. This is
6: this is DeMattis take on Kraven the Hunter, right? And again, this is definitely influenced by what is going on in comics in the mid '80s, right? Yes. Like this is this is Marvel's this is Marvel's answer to like Alan Moore Swamp Thing and Grant Morrison Animal Man and stuff like that, yeah. you know, like, like, like higher brow comics. or to,
1: to me, it's what makes it a great comic is um, you're not expecting this at all when you read it it is not a superhero comic no right like spider-man like let's be honest he's he's not in it he's not the hero of the story you know like he he gets quote-unquote killed pretty quickly and then is underground for a long time and then comes out of it and um and then a lot of the is exposition that craven's giving to him you know again it's a craven story so you're not expecting that and then you're not expecting the end. No. At I, all. I
6: agree with you. I think what's cool about this, too, is this is 1987, where we're still used to, like, done-in-one books with, like, you know, the Claremont stuff of the overarching story. Mm-hmm. You know, the main story is usually wrapped up in one or two issues. This is six issues. This is 10 years – probably 15 years ahead of, ahead of its time as far as being a six-issue, you know, condensed story, right? Like right. we've seen, we've all seen issues: in comics where the hero gets buried alive, and then he comes up and saves the day at the end. That doesn't happen for a while on us. And the fact that Peter has to face some demons of his own when he's trapped, you know, it really it brings something different to the table.
4: Yes.
1: Hmm. Yeah. No. And and um, but I want to okay. I want to talk about that too. The publishing of the book, right? Because that is something that wasn't being done. Up until this point, right? The, the six issues and spread over three different titles. Yeah, this is the first one, I believe. And I've often wondered, was that a publishing edict? Um, or, or was that, uh, uh, or was that a, a writing choice? Because, uh, you know, there are things in the story. Um, if we were going to talk about things that maybe we don't like, um, there are things that feel a little tacked on. And I'm wondering if it was done for padding so that it could work over six issues. Like, like for example, like I understand showing Mary Jane worried, but the whole thing when she goes to see Robbie and then like Robbie's trying to ask her what's wrong and then she just leaves. Like it doesn't that doesn't go anywhere. There's nothing to that in the story. It doesn't add anything to the story.
6: That's there for that's there. Okay. let's also remember what this follows up, right? This Uh, follows the marriage. this oh, follows up and... the marriage by only yeah. a few months. Yes. So, like, Dematis talks about how when he was putting the story together initially, the marriage wasn't a thing. Like, they, there's a lot of talk about how the marriage was kind of, they just kind of rolled into it and they weren't really building for it. True. Like, it just kind of happens. And, like, Peter and Mary Jane are together, but they had to kind of work them in. And this is, you know, you know when I get my chances to, to, to express my thing, is this kind of does dan- dam- real damage to the Mary Jane character long term and like <laughs> publishing wise the spider-man books like this i believe this is still jim Owsley is editing at this time they're kind of in a state of upheaval right now because of the marriage and they decided to make this because remember zack and dematis are not on any of the regular spider-man creative teams at this time true this is a story this is almost like a bridge story to get us into a new movement i i believe after this is when uh dave nicolini takes over amazing with i want to, i don't think it's mcfarland yet i forget who was before mcfarland but i want to say that's when that's when this happened right so this is like this is literally just a story to get us from a to b and it just was really good and really influential Hmm. so they
0: completely voided it after by bringing him back you know they didn't bring him back for 20
1: years oh, right oh really yeah that's actually we'll get to that too because like that's a big complaint from a lot of fans that they ever did bring him back so i'm one of them yeah yeah,
0: I mean, if you were going to kill a character, and we've talked about this before about like some, like some Permit comics death. should move on in some of the, for some of these characters. Like if you're going to get rid of a character, this, you know, the ending of this and, and, and the deeper meaning of the whole story and, and all that, I, this, this is a good way to go out. I mean, it's the best supervillain death ever. I don't think there's a close second. No, I, I can't think of anyone like where they said, you know, peace out. I've shown you how much better I am. Goodbye. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, and that's that's yeah. Like in so, a way, Greenman kind of wins. So I yeah, I, well, he definitely wins. So here's a question. Yeah, I got that too, actually. Yeah. And that's probably one of the things that maybe bothers you that the villain wins.
0: No, no, that doesn't bother me. I, I don't mind. I don't mind a really good story if if you know if the the villain wins. It just um. It's just, it's just that I think that the, the first part of it is just a bit weak because there's, it, there's, there's, I, I don't feel like there's anything that's centering me so that I know what the hell's going on. And, you know, there's like no real, maybe, and maybe it's cause I'm not a Marvel guy, but well, like there, there was nothing until like, again, the, the last half, the last, the last three or two issues. But, and once you get into that, then you start to see the grander plan of it. Right. You know, like, and his, 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 his obsession with Spider-Man and with, with being the best and having to show everybody how much better he is than everybody else and how that ties in with his, you know, I guess, I guess um, his upbringing. Um, But it, it's, it, I mean, he's still very mentally disturbed.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, and that's seriously that's, disturbed. Yeah. I mean, And that, that like actually kind of leads me to a question, right? Because again, this is a story about Mm -hmm. identity and perception, right? And it's Craven dealing with his identity and how people perceive him. And they do a symmetry with Spider-Man going through the same thing. And there's a moment at the end of this, near the end of the story where Craven makes the realization, like he's not the spider. He's a man, right? Talking about Spider-Man where. Mm where his whole motivation was the spider has been in the way of my family for generations and all this stuff. And it's, it's caused all the problems and he's overcoming his spider. Um, So he comes to this realization and it feels like, okay, well his perception is changing at that moment. So why does he still go through with, you know, ending his life? Why do you think?
6: I think he's, I think cause that's the plan, right? I think he, Mm -hmm. I think this is his, this is almost like this, like Craven's last hunt is almost his suicide note, you mm-hmm. know? And I think it is mental illness is he can't handle his mental illness for whatever reason. And this is him making his last, uh, I don't want to use the term fit, but I mean like his last breakdown. And then when he feels free of the haunting
0: of the spider, then he can, he can rest in peace. Well, at that point he has nothing left to accomplish. Right. Right. So, I mean, he's, he's done what he set out to do it was all he really had on his plate and and there you go it's like all right you know i i've beaten everybody that I ever want to beat plus this this spider thing that like had been like was at the center of psychosis and
1: uh so peace out right so peace out okay <sighs> uh, okay i mean yeah i it's i guess that's the only thing and and when you put it in the context of mental illness it makes sense but it's the only thing that's ever kind of bothered me is that, you know, they show him kind of like coming to a realization like, oh, maybe my perception's been wrong. But, you know, he still is like, all right, but I'm, you know, my mother is crazy and I'm going to die, too.
6: Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it is. I think this whole time it's him. I think this story is really Craven coming to grips with his own suicide. It's almost like the samurai way, the seppuku. You know, like he's got this he's got this great demon in his head and he gets to personify it in the person of Spider-Man. So to beat his demon, he has to beat Spider-Man, literally become his demon and then defeat it to to rest it to rest at ease. And again, it's a story that I don't even think has been done quite like this since. Like, I can't think of a story where I would consider the villain ripping off Craven's MO here, but it works.
1: No, no. And I definitely have seen hints of this in other stories too since. many
6: too many to be quite honest with you like i said i think this story is almost too influential huh i never thought of it that way but let me yeah. let me go on let me let me do the diatribe on this okay this is spider-man is supposed to be like your street level you know the wisecrack character but every now and then the stakes have to rise to 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 keep some reality so he doesn't become all comedy right so you get stories like what death of gwen stacy the first clone saga thing you know, uh you get these. Like every now and then Spidey gets like super serious and then comes out of it. The death of Jane DeWolf, like we talked about a few weeks ago. This one, it takes him to another level. Because you're doing all this I and the spider thing where Peter even loses touch with his own reality at some points. You know, I mean like and
0: he was definitely on drugs. <laughs> it feels like I mean it does feel like that at certain No, points, no, he was it, definitely on drugs. He had been drunk. <laughs> that's true. I forgot about that. But I mean like um what I'm saying
6: by this is like this becomes this story, this, the impact of this story carries on for years and like to the point where, you know, the first comic, the first Spider-Man comic I ever bought on my own was Spider-Man number one. I was like nine years old. It was a Tom McFarlane one. And I had no idea what I was reading, right? Because one, Tom McFarlane's a terrible writer. Two, it was him
1: doing his, oh. uh it was him doing his, uh his, his impression of Kraven's Last Hunt. That, that reminds me back to John's um thing about the Spider-Sense. The hunt, I mean, the, not the hunt, the, um, the, uh, oh, you just said it, the name of that story, Torment. Yes. There's an example of his spider sense working too well, and it makes it boring. I agree. Cause
6: Tom McFarland's not a very good writer.
1: Yeah. So anyway,
6: sold it. a lot of books, but it was, the, who's the villain of that? Calypso. Why is Calypso after Spider-Man? Cause of Craven. Uh huh. We had three more Craven kids come after this. Yeah. Right, and they eventually bring Craven back because there's this there's this there's this um zeitgeist for this story, right, where everyone loves Craven's last hunt. The problem is Craven's kind of a crappy character he was, yeah, <laughs> and the only this is the only thing he's ever done. and I remember when they brought him back, it was like, oh, great, you guys brought Craven back. now you've taken away the one thing that was interesting about him, yeah, and he's been back alive for over a decade and has done nothing as interesting as this story, so that's a problem two. Everyone start. this is like – this is what starts building in the whole the, – the, the the groundwork is laid for the Clone Saga right here. As Peter starts acting out of character and then they start doing these dark stories more and more often to the point where we get to 1994 and Marvel legitimately thinks that Peter Parker has gone so far away, not just with the marriage, but with these dark storylines that they do the Clone Saga. And Dematis, who who was a big part of that, goes back into his I am the Spider stuff which is when they were trying to justify getting rid of Peter Parker and bringing in Ben Riley. Peter's doing this again. Like It's almost like word for word coming out. He's like, I am the spider. I am the spider, you know? And then Mary Jane, who, again, is put into the story because they had just gotten married. She just kind of sits around and mopes, worrying about Peter, which is fine because this is the first time it happens, and it makes complete sense. But that's all she does for the most part for the next 20 years as it sets too many... It sets too many negative tropes into Spider Man. We're like, well, we need to get super
0: serious with the Spider Man story again. Got, shit, gotta go back to the Craven's Last Haunt. Well Well, it it wasn't it, it, it shouldn't have been a trope, it's just that the writers became, Yeah, but it became writer, one. Yeah. It's like
6: everything like everything negative about Spider Man that justified the stupid uh, one more day thing starts in this book. And this is a great book, but it's almost like it's almost like I said, it's it became too influential. Like we talk about the other. That crap comes from the other. Like the other crap in the other comes from this. Oh, my God. You're right. Hmm. Oh, I love that. That's my favorite sentence in the English language. I get a chill whenever anyone says it. Um,
1: <laughs> Craven last, Craven's last hunt brings us to the Clone Saga. Yeah. Brings us to the other. Yes. And brings us to one more day. It totally does.
6: The groundwork for these type of Spider-Man stories, because even the Gwen Stacy story, it's not this dark. So you're you saying know? that
0: this is directly responsible for Peter giving birth to himself?
6: In a way.
1: <laughs> well,
0: that's like the thing. A because
6: because like
1: he, this... he he does it in the dream state that he's in. Correct. And they mm. totally ripped that off. When they did it,
6: Paul Jenkins does oh it. Oh, my and God. A couple right. Later, GMS does it again. They they had to redo that story twice for some reason. Like, they did. It's a true story. Like, yeah, I know this everything i was telling john it's like everything negative about spider-man the stuff that people complain about like the reason we had to have like a brand new day to kind of get spider-man back to being spider-man it starts here and there's nothing wrong with this story like this should be you know a story that stands on its own is this man this is when spidey got dark but it's just like it set it set the tempo where every writer had to like ape it at least once they had to do their own version of Craven's Last Hunt, like when, Kay, like the whole Kane kills Doc Ock story, or you know, a uh, 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 Venom, a uh, Venom stuff, like it's all, it's all good stuff. But again, so much of it owes its DNA to Craven's Last Hunt, I and mean, especially with how many times
1: it had been brought back, like, or like the the elements of the story had been brought back, you know? It's it, um, yeah, no, and that's true, and I think it's it's funny because I think Craven's Last Hunt is to Spider Man what the Dark Knight Returns is the Batman. Absolutely. That's a yeah. great comparison. Um, it's instead of becoming
6: so, instead of being something special that exists on its own, it yeah. became the template that had to be
0: followed. Yep. That's kind of sad. Which
1: but is it's funny. True for which both is, it's just but, funny because the Dark Knight Returns came out the year before and the Killing Joke came out the year after Craven's Last Thought. But also like look, look what else is
6: coming out. You got Watchmen. Like, oh, even yeah. Marvel's Squadron Supreme, like, this was the whole comics aren't just for kids era. And we're yes. going – and it was, like, it was one thing when Marvel was doing, like, God Loves Man Kills in its prestige format stuff. Like, that stuff really didn't affect continuity all that much. This is – though these this is Spider-Man. This is in the three mainstream Spider-Man
1: books. Right. Exactly. And that's, that's the only thing that makes this so fascinating is, is – yeah, it's not an outside story, right? Like, I just mentioned uh, The Dark Knight Returns and The Killing Joke, but they're not Perhaps in... They're both, both out of continuity. continuity. Yeah, they're both out of continuity Batman stories. That, but this is, nope, this is right in continuity. This is a, a main story. Craven's going to kill himself. He's going to be dead. uh You know, this is going to have impacts on Peter psychologically, apparently, uh, until uh, he gives birth to himself again and then makes a deal with the devil. <laughs> the devil, the devil thing. It's really
6: things it, went really it, off the rails. Well, then <laughs> they did it even even after that. They still revisited this two more times. Like they did a story with Craven's daughter, which you know Mark Guggenheim of of uh, uh the DC TV fame did a story about Craven's daughter that wasn't wasn't very good. And then uh, they brought Craven back in what seemed like a good idea. I'm sure at the time, but I mean, what's he done since? Like I'm, like nothing that interesting. Like Craven. Some character, and I'll say this for Gwen Stacy too. The best thing some characters can do is die, because it makes a big impact. And I would have said that about Bucky, but Ed Brubaker proved me wrong, and I, th- I thought that at the time too. I still like. There's people that argue about this. I still think Jason Todd is better dead than is the Red Hood, but at least there's a there's a there's different camps on that. So you know your mileage may vary on that one. Wow. With with Craven, like what what has what has been done with that character that's any better than this? And if you try to kill him again. All you're doing is rehashing Craven's last hunt again.
1: Right, right. And then, you know, another character in Spidey's camp that should have remained dead is Gwen Stacy. Oh, absolutely. Oh, man. What oh, they oh, did no. to her was horrible.
6: Well, the alternate world Gwen Stacy, the spider ghost thing is actually interesting and different. Because it's an alternate world Gwen Stacy, like Peter still has the guilt of what happened, right? Like when Jason Todd comes back, it almost absolves Batman of the guilt of what happened. People say, yeah. well, it doesn't. But it really does because, like, you know, he's alive.
0: It also absolves the guilt of all the people that voted for him to die. Those people who voted have no guilt in that. Um, They knew what they were doing.
6: With Gwen Stacy, Peter can see the girl that, who's now a kid and he's older, but he sees the girl that he used to love and the one that he basically killed. So there's at least some, there's at least still some storytelling stuff there, because it's not his Gwen, you know, it's a different Gwen. I mean, Carnage, Craven, I just don't, like nothing has been nothing has been as good with that character, you know. In this one, he kind of jumps the pantheon. Like Norman Osborn, okay, there was a time out, so there was no reason to bring him back to life. But they've done enough good stuff with Norman Osborn in the twenty plus twenty five years since they brought him back that it's like okay, cool. You know what? They mined the character, they made him work again. Craven, nah, man, no such luck.
1: Hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's true. And it's um, you said I think you said it too. Like he was, you know, like. They gave him an interesting power set when they originally created him, um, but like he doesn't become an interesting character until this story. Yeah, no. and then it's his last story. Mm-hmm. But and that's it's, the
6: whole—that's the whole motivation. Is I suck. God, I suck at being a <laughs> supervillain. I, you know what, one last—you know, that's what when it is. He's like, okay, I blow, but I'm gonna give it one last. I'm not as good as I once was, but I'll be good once as I ever was. You know, and that's—that's nice. that's what makes this story cool. And it's like, I don't know if it's the editors, I don't know if it's marketing, I don't know who's pushing these things, but it's never it never works.
1: Ever. No, it doesn't. And I, I don't get why um, why they do it. You know, it's like, just let it stand as a piece of good art and just leave it alone. And then oh, just money. move on.
6: Yeah, money. But I mean, like, I don't even know if, like, I don't, was this a big hit financially for them? Creatively, for sure. In but the 80s? I don't either. I really don't know. I mean, like... I don't think stuff from the eighties is discussed in financial terms as much as stuff in the nineties. Hmm. So I'm going to assume it was if it's, I mean, it holds a cultural place.
1: I don't know about financial. I really don't. I, it had to have been because why would they have copied it so much? I, I think there's a, I think there's a, like I said, I think that the creators
6: are influenced by it and they want to pay homage to it and do their own version of it or try to top it in some way, shape or form. Yeah. But I have no idea. Like, Torment, like I know for a fact, Torment sold way more than Krame's Last Hunt, but you know.
1: Yeah, but that's when we were in the the artist is more important than the writer. And oh, look, now the artist is writing it. The artist is
6: important. Like I mean, like I think there's a there's a line that, that gets drawn with that. Like I do think art is for, for a visual medium like comics, the art is incredibly important. Some would say some would say more important. But then there's but I think there's very few artists that. I don't want to say can write, but can carry the, uh, both ends of the spectrum. You know, very few Jack Kirby's in the world. I mean, that's what, that's what made the King special. And I don't, I mean, Todd McFarlane had some interesting ideas for spawn and stuff like that, but I mean, like a Spider-Man, like what memorable Spider-Man story, I mean, other than Torment, because it was number one, like what are the memorable Spider-Man story did, did he come up with? You know, his visual depictions of him were generation defining. Like he's the one who made the Spider-Man monster, like where it didn't look real. And spaghetti webs. Yeah, like, he had gigantic mm. influence on the character, visually speaking. Mm. As far as stories go, like, no, not so much. You know, he wanted more attention than Dave Michelinie was getting. He was writing some pretty good Spider-Man stories at the time, yeah. you know.
1: They got a little gimmicky, but it was the 90s. What didn't get gimmicky? Hmm. Nothing. Cause That's 90s, what I'm saying. 90s was nothing but gimmicks. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And they haven't stopped.
6: Uh, I think the twenty, the two thousands, it got to be more about you know the story again. Now I'm not so sure anymore. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, so, John, um, yeah. so so have you uh has has your have you been digesting what we're saying and and uh, and thinking yeah, about the yeah, story? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I get it. Like, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying I didn't like it. It's just. It's just that you know I felt a little bit unmoored until that, until I hit the, the last part. But that's and, the and, point. Well, okay, fine. If it wants to bring me on the trip, that's that's good too. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's a bad story. I you know, but I get It's one of the better written I've ever I've ever read. But. I I get it that you don't quite connect with it
6: either though, because like it's so I do think the story as well it should be so outside the norm of what a Spider Man story should be like. For as successful as Craven's Last Hunt is, I don't think it's ever been adapted into any other form of media.
0: Yeah. And, and again, like you were saying, it's a Craven story, not a Spider-Man story. So, you know, like you're missing all of the, the quipping and the, the upbeat part and all that. It's it, really, it, that wouldn't fit though in the story they're trying right. to well, tell. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, well, you yeah. know, that's what I was used to going right. into it, right? Right.
1: That, and that's one of the things too, where it's like they talk about, um, i've seen people post this online and i'm like are you kidding me where they're like oh what they should do for the next spider-man movie and people are like oh they should bring in craven to do craven's last Hunt." And it's like do you do you have you even read the story like they're not going to introduce a character with no backstory and then have him kill himself at the end like it just won't
6: work craven, craven's last Hunt would work really well as a netflix tv show Possible. Like, season three of, like, the Spider-Man
1: TV show. Yes, where they've introduced Kraven a little bit in one of the yeah. early seasons. Yeah, and they brought him back. I, I could see that. <laughs>
6: that. That's the only way it works. Because, like, if you don't have – if you don't establish – like, you're right. If you just bring in Kraven to have him kill himself, what's the point, right? And if it's – and if you change it, then, again, what's the point? You know, it's not – I'm saying like, that's why this story has – I don't think even the 90s cartoon adapted it. Like, I don't think it's ever really yeah. been – I don't, and it's weird because it's, it's largely considered one of the best Spider-Man stories ever written, but it's never been, it's never come out of this format. And it's, it's never been anything.
1: And also, though, like you said, you said animated series, cartoon, like, it's so dark. I don't, how could you do this in a cartoon? Like, you couldn't have vermin in it. Oh, God, no. no,
0: God, no. Oh, God, yeah. Cannibalism? Yeah. Um,
1: and PG-13? then, and, but I mean, there's the symbolism of him being the, man and animal Mm -hmm. concept and that's like he's the the bridge between spider-man and and craven and it's just like you know but does that you know yeah he's what he's also what you become if you go too far
6: into the end you know like he and again that totally doesn't work so like i said
1: this is not it's not really a spider-man story no it's not not at all oh my god but it's also not a
6: bad story
1: no it's a great story that's
6: the problem it is, and it is a problem with it, to be honest with you. It's a problem that it's been, it's had too much of it. And I, th- I think that its impact has lessened with future generations, but definitely in the 90s and 2000s, it was too influential.
1: So, um, so before we wrap up our final thoughts on it, I did reach out to, uh, our fans to ask them what they thought of the story. And, uh, so Uncle Redbeard. He said, my favorite spider story so far, by far, uh, I was probably 10 when it came out, had every related issue. Vermin was creepy. Craven was crazy. And thinking that Spider-Man was dead, soul crushing. And let's not forget one of the most iconic covers of all time. And then it's the picture of him coming out of the grave, which that's true, too. Like he, you see him shoot Spider-Man and then we don't see spider We see the grave. You don't know if he's coming back. no. Uh, I can't imagine being 10 and reading it and thinking like, oh, Spider-Man's not coming back. Um, Especially when you don't know that gimmicks. You know, you don't get story gimmicks. Right, right. Uh, Pino Comics said, great story, so dark for a Spidey story, but naturally dark story tone, not plopped on violence to, just to be dark. Not plopped on violence just to be dark. Okay. I agree um, with that. Ghost of the Stratosphere said, uh, it's very, very good, but it's but its unofficial sequel, The Child Within, may be even better. That is
6: the Aunt May death story, I believe. Yeah. Give me a second. Let me make sure I know. Child Within, right?
1: Yes. Uh, while you're looking that up, uh, So Wizard said, it's an absolute classic, but it's also not a good jump on point for a casual reader. That's Yeah, that's,
6: that's where we are with John. There exactly.
1: Yep. Uh, Gorilla Brain said one of my favorite stories of Spider-Man. Um, Geek to Me Radio said easily one of the greatest Spidey stories ever told. Uh, one of my prized possessions is the original promo poster signed by uh, J.M. Dematis and oh Bob McLeod and Mike Zeck. Oh, and Jim Shooter and Jim Salicrop, framed and hanging in my office.
6: Nice. That's right. This is the story where Harry dies.
1: Uh, what the Child Within. shocking heartbreak i believe so maybe i'm wrong uh jvd of villains demand said the better question is why did marvel have to go and ruin it
6: okay uh jvd my man i want to know exactly what i know you listen to this i want to know exactly what you mean by that
1: to the longtime comic fan craven had a death that stuck and meant something because for years we had seen characters one after another, die and come back a short time later. What makes it worse is he's resurrected, and we find out in Hunt It, all those apprentices might not be him. Oh, might, yeah, might not be him. So that was, I asked him how so, and that was his response.
0: Oh, never mind.
1: <laughs> uh, and Neil Kled said, I think I love it. Also, the novelization. Which, so there you go. There's another form. There's a novelization of the book. Uh, uh, I did not know existed, but I don't normally need novelizations of superhero books, except um, I have read, uh, well, no, it's not a it's, it's just a Spider-Man novel, uh, The Darkest Hours by Jim Butcher. And
0: uh, it, It's hard to get the same feel from the same story in long form and in comic form. Like, it's very hard to do that, right? Because different mediums. Yeah, yeah. I, there's like, like oh, again, like the the first part of this would not. I I how are you going to write that in novel form? Oh, um, it basically is written in novel form. Like
6: it's like it's very heavy on the prose. Oh yeah. So, I mean like it's
0: well yeah, can... but but it's but it's it, in novel form. It would take up like what 10, 12
1: pages. No, no, because no. all of the oh, long, yeah. act, all the images now become descriptions of what's right. going on, and that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, but it's it's it would be mostly description, right? I mean, I mean it's, a, it, it's
1: 140 pages as a comic book.
6: Right. This could easily be a 300, 400-page novel, if not longer, to be honest with you. Um, Maybe even five, six. I mean, yeah, there's a lot going on.
1: And we got one reply on Facebook. Uh, Brad Medendhal said, I remember reading it when it came out, and I hated it. Uh, the art was great, but the writing tried too hard and didn't feel like Spider-Man. Would have worked better as a Daredevil arc. Uh, the sequel, Soul of the Hunter, was much better and refocused the story on Spidey. Do you see, see what I'm if, saying? Do you see what I'm saying?
0: Had, if it like, had been Daredevil, though, I I would have identified with that better. And Again,
6: this is it, yeah. But okay, a couple things. One, he we have three different people who named three different sequel stories to this. Like, and then two, if it's a Daredevil story, it's another Daredevil story.
1: Yes. Yes. Exactly. That's why it stands out. Yeah. yeah as a spidey story, and he comes off as the casual reader again who loves spider man wants to see spider man running around fighting and beating up the bad guys, and that's not what this story is. my man, here is why we had to have brand new day. <laughs> it's true,
6: like these are because the, there are a lot of people going this isn't spider man, and like i said if this if this exists in nineteen eighty seven on its own, sweet, but we had to have ten of them
1: yeah, this is true. See, Brad, it's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right let's 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 wrap up this discussion then yeah
0: this has gotten long man
1: um and we'll start with john your final thoughts on the story overall and would you recommend it uh to people
0: uh i'd recommend it with a disclaimer but mm, you know, like i said like uh you know tell them don't don't start thinking really deeply about it until you hit like the the fourth um uh the fourth book and then yeah, you know, overall, I'll give it. I'd give it an eight. You know, like okay. I, I get. I get why this is considered a classic. Okay. So. Oh. All right, JD. It's a
6: nine, but in a vacuum, it's a nine for what it is. It's the best written Spidey story possibly ever. But it's because it's different, right? If because of what I. Nah, I can't blame this. I can't blame other people for just ripping other
1: stuff off. No, it's a great story. It's a nine. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll second your nine. Uh, I highly recommend it. Um, it isn't for the casual reader. It isn't, um, for kids. It isn't for kids at all. It's, um, a different take. It's a, and again, it's not a Spider-Man story. It is like a, it's the villain's story and it's, but it's, it's one of those things that I love about comic books. And you can, do different things and take them in different directions every once in a while and give you a story that makes you think like like i said in the beginning this is a story about identity and perception and it makes you think about you know oh how does the world perceive me i perceive myself as a hero but am i being perceived as the villain and you know what does that do to me in my life um and and you know and uh, like all the best stories do something like that so you know, if you want something that's going to make you think and you like Spider-Man, you're familiar with Craven and Vermin, um, you definitely should check this story out. Uh, um, just, uh, yeah, don't let your kids read it because <laughs> it might warp them. <laughs> All right. So that is the, the Craven's Last Hunt. So we have a special bonus. Um, I know this episode's a little long, but, uh, we actually interviewed, um, uh, uh oh my god JM M I can't, I can't remember JM Dematis yes I, of Craven's last hunt yeah well I don't know why I can't remember his name we actually interviewed him back in 2018 and I came to a terrible realization we never released that interview um so uh stay tuned at the end and you will hear uh, our interview with him from New York Comic Con in 2018 uh especially if you're missing cons right now you know this will give you that that convention feel, I think, a little bit. So, so stick around for that. All right. Yeah, On that note, um, <laughs> do you guys have any recommendations for our audience this week, JD? It's G1 season, man. The
6: the New Japan's G1 tournament has started. If uh, if you like pro wrestling but don't like the goofy the goofiness. Or if you're interested in pro wrestling, but again you don't like the angles and the soap opera elements of it, let me allow let me recommend New Japan Pro Wrestling. Right now on their New Japan World streaming service, we have our G1, which is you have two blocks of ten dudes, they all have to wrestle each other, and then they will fight in the championship in October for a chance to to be in the main event at Wrestle Kingdom in January. This is my favorite time of year. The matches are always great, and uh, it's the reason I have to stay up till three, four in the morning every night for the next
0: month.
1: <laughs> wow. Cool, uh, John. I
0: literally have nothing to recommend. I've been working so much, I haven't had chance to do almost anything. Um, so I, I don't know. I uh, go to Death Battle. They had a live action Death Battle between um, the Winter Soldier and uh, and oh, Red Hood.
1: Oh, 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 oh! We actually got a message from a fan on Twitter. Um, that said, we need to go check out the latest Death Battle. So
0: yeah, it's a live action battle between Red Hood and the Winter Soldier. They
1: did a really good job with it. Cool, cool. I can't. I'm trying to find that message as the, the
0: last time. The, the only other time they've done a live action battle for Death Battle was Daredevil and Robin, uh, Nightwing. So yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry, I can't say your name because I can't find the message right now. But uh, yes. Uh, so obviously, I will check that out. Cool. Um, I will recommend that everyone go to superhero speak dot com, uh, where you can find the podcast every week and comic reviews by our good friend D Square. And um, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you find podcasts and Amazon Music now. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, like I said, I've been falling down some YouTube rabbit holes, and um, if you like blues music, and this isn't because she's my future wife. I highly recommend Samantha Fish. Um, she's been around for uh, probably about 10 years now. Um, and she's a yeah, guitarist and singer. And, uh, and she has like a three piece band that she, she travels with and they're really good, uh, really great music. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's, that's my recommendation. Check her out. Um, so she doesn't need my little podcast, uh, recommending her because she's probably pretty successful already, but I just found her and I like her. So. All right, on that note, boys and girls, I will say, uh, as always, f- I'm going to say, don't forget to stick around for the interview. But, as always, thanks for listening, and don't let you keep caught in the door. Have a good week.
7: Thank you very much. But um, on the subject of comics, um, let's just talk about Spider-Man. <laughs> I don't think they can, but I mean, if I ever got you alone for an hour.
2: But in any case, um, on the subject of comics, what Constantine Comics... You know, influenced uh, you with this movie.
7: Well, two things. One is I wrote Justin's and Justice Dark Dark for a couple of years, just really not uh, before I started working on this. And then the template, the basic foundation for this story was a graphic novel by Mike Carey and Leonardo Maffa called All His Engines. So we use that as our sort of our, our foundation, and then built our story out from there. So if you know the graphic novel, you'll see the basic beats that you know from the graphic novel, but there's a whole lot of other stuff going on within the story. We pulled some other Constantine stories, I pulled a few things from my Justice League girlfriends, created some new things and put it all together into a new story. What are
4: some of the challenges of uh, writing Constantine?
7: You know, I didn't find a lot of challenges. Oh, no, I'll, I'll take that back. At first, um, the hardest thing about Constantine is that he's got this hard shell on the outside, you know what I mean? Right. And he's a bastard and he's manipulative and he's this and he's that. And if the story is just going to focus on that aspect of his character, that's not a story I can write. Because there's nothing else going on underneath that. Right. The thing I really enjoyed about this story is that it's about that outer layer of Constantine, and because Chaz is there, and Chaz is so important to the story. It gets to the whole other layers of, of, of their connection and who he's hiding behind that show. And something you don't hear a lot of, you know, where Constantine is involved, his vulnerability, and in a lot of ways his biggest vulnerability is this guy who was his best friend since they were kids. And that allowed the story to open up emotionally in a way that maybe you can't always do with Constantine.
2: You've written comics for years. How different? Is it doing a comic script as it would be for an animated script, like for Constantine?
7: You know, the formats are different, and when you first, you know, the first time I ever wrote, like, a in a screenplay format, you're thinking a lot about the format, because you have to learn it, and all this, this, you can't do that, because it's not a comic book, but I have to do this, I have to do that, and it has, to, and you can't do too much interior monologue, because it's not that kind of thing, it's all about the... But after a certain point, that goes from your head to your intuitive, to intuition, so you don't think about the format anymore. And it really is just about the story. So whether you're you know, you're know, going to write a novel, you're going to write a screenplay, you're going to write a comic book, whatever it may be, you're serving the story. And once you learn the form, you don't think about the form anymore. I've been doing comics so long, I don't think about how to put a comic together. I just know how to put a comic together. Good, bad, or indifferent, you know, but I know I just work with the form naturally. And the focus is on the story, not the form.
8: You obviously have a lot of uh, animated experience, and I was going to ask you something about Constantine, but now I'm wondering, with the Green Lantern fans, are you trying to subtly hint that there's no, 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 no.
7: a... I just I have this one shirt that, that needs cufflinks, and a few years ago my wife went out and got me some cool cufflinks, and I love I love Green Lantern, there's no hint, there's no The
8: world could use Well, the world could use, s- well, use a an core animated I movie. <laughs> But um, you obviously had the opportunity to write Constantine in Justice League Dark. And uh, you talked about the process of writing the character already. But
7: how did you approach this
8: second story? Uh, were there any lessons you learned of writing Constantine for that animated movie?
7: The difference for me was simply that I, was, I wasn't coming to the character cold. You know, once you write a character, you get a sense of them. It's the old cliche, but it's true. they become real to you. So you get to know them almost the way you get to know a person. So I think if I had not done my run on Justice League Dark and had not immersed myself in Constantine there, I would have had to learn a lot. And, you know, I I have to do a lot of research for these things anyway because I don't know the whole history of Constantine for the past 35 years. So you're on Wikipedia and they're sending you graphic novels and you're burying yourself in this. But having written the character, I felt like I knew him. And uh, this particular story, though, was an opportunity, since it really is very true to to the Constantine that we knew from, like, the Vertigo era, to really go deep and dark uh, and, and psychological and metaphysical. And so it, it, it took me to a whole new level with the character. But I had that familiarity to allow me to jump into this as opposed to walking in cold and going, oh, man, what am I going to do? I'll I figure out who this guy is.
5: And then about
2: on vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. right. you be happy yeah, but, yeah, but in what way, way they're do they're you that feel that are, um is the main way that and
7: in the One of the things that I love is that we got to go back a little bit in here, as you'll see, and talk about their childhood and talk about who they were to each other and how they kind of complemented each other. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, Chaz is everything that John isn't. He's sweet, he's vulnerable, he is uh, decent. <laughs> and, and yet they need each other for that because uh, Chaz. He needs that daring in his life, that danger that he doesn't bring to his own life. And, and John needs that vulnerability and that decency. And so the dynamic between the two of them is great. And it's really the emotional thread that carries through the entire movie. And there would be no movie without that relationship. Because without that, it's just a lot of stuff happening. You know, it's, that, it's that emotional core between them and the fact that Chaz's daughter is threatened and what John has to go through and what Chaz has to go through to get her back. And as you'll see at the end, uh, which I can't, I don't want to give anything away, but there's some really, really powerful emotional moments at the end. And you don't always think of Constantine as a character where you get big, vulnerable, emotional moments. But this story really does give you that.
2: I asked an earlier question about why the setting in Los Angeles. Obviously, you pulled the line from the eyes of the city are on me. Well there more to it than that about why mostly Constantine is in these exotic locations and now he's just in Los Angeles? He said we wanna
7: we wanna adapt this from this graphic novel. And that's what happened in the graphic novel, so that made the decision for me. You know, and it was interesting because it takes him out of his comfort zone. You know, that also makes him more vulnerable because he's not There's a line somewhere where he says, you know, he knows London inside and out. He knows every little nook and corner and cranny, every dark corner of its psyche. Los Angeles is something completely different. So to have the actual embodiment of Los Angeles appear to him uh, made for an interesting dynamic as well.
4: You've been speaking very passionately about this story. Seems you put a lot into it. Yeah. What do you want people to take from it when they watch it?
7: You know, hopefully the same things that I take from the, from the stories and the movies that I love, which is which is an experience that first and foremost touches you, you know, and moves you emotionally and takes you on an emotional journey and makes you think as well, you know. But for me, it's this story in particular. It's the emotional journey because um, we deal, without giving too much away, with sort of John's original sin uh, and and part of this journey aside from the journey with Chaz and trying to get Chaz's daughter back. Is, is is a redemption article, too, as well. Um, so there's a lot of emotional material in that. It, it, and it really peels the character apart, I think, in new ways. And, and, I, and, and I hope more than anything people get an emotional journey around this
8: well, i the opportunity, I know we're supposed to talk about Constantine, but you're sure in your hat, I have to ask, uh, Kraven's Last Hunt is one of my favorites, and so I was just wondering, it's announced that Craven is going to get his own movie in the Venomverse, which is presumably without Spider-Man. I was wondering, two-part question, one for work, one for just my own knowledge, what do you think of that? And the second part is, did you ever read the follow-up to your story, Grim Hunt?
7: Uh, what do I think of it in the end? I can't think anything of it until they make a movie. Because, right. you know, it's like people freak out about hearing an idea for a movie, let alone where they see like a 30 second trailer and decide it's a disaster. You know, I, I can't do that until I see the film. Um, and the second question was Did you ever read Grim Hunter? Uh, I actually, when Grim Hunter came out, there were a, a series of backup stories that I wrote along with that trailer. So Craven stayed dead for what 25 years something crazy like that so I take a lot of pride that they didn't bring him back too quick and I thought they did a really nice job of it uh, I thought it was a good strong solid story would part of me have wanted that to be the end and have him be dead forever sure it's not the way it works in superhero comics his characters have to go on and on and on and on but he stayed dead that long it was a great achievement <laughs>
2: they just kept on giving them sons that looked like him they should have just kept that yeah, like, I mean, they didn't need the original one. I, mean, like I gave
7: him one of the sons too I know <laughs> You have a reputation for really digging into the psyches of your characters. So on that level, what is it that sets Constantine apart from, say, a Spider-Man or a Batman? You know, uh, kind of what we've been talking about is that, that inattention, Spider-Man is a very complex and real character, I, mean, I love—I wrote so many Spider-Man stories. I love that character, but he doesn't have that same tension that Constantine has—that war between know. the hard e- and—he you know, is a hard-ass manipulative bastard, but he's—he's also—he's also something else that's hidden behind mm-hmm. that shell, you know. And it's always the tension between those two things. But he was just a hard-edged emotional bastard. He wouldn't be an interesting character, at least to me. Some people like that, you know. But I, I, I don't want characters that are one-dimensional. We want something that's multi-dimensional and some inner conflict in the character. And he has such interesting inner conflict there. You know, I always, it just keep saying. So he's selfish. He's hard. He can be cool. And yet, in the end, he always comes out on the side of the light. So there's something else going on in there. Or he could just say screw it, make the deal with the devil, and give up, yeah. But he doesn't. He never does. And that's what makes him interesting
2: to one of the fun things about the Justice League Dark animated movie was him and Batman as his foil. If you had the chance to take Constantine and pair him up with any character that would kind of add some more depth to Constantine, what do you think you'd do? That's interesting. I think more
7: like. I was going to say (laughs) Norse, Constantine and Larkley. Now I won't be able to get that out of my head. Um, You know, uh, I don't know. You know, sometimes the danger is... When you, when you take characters from one world and bring them into another, you know, it was a delicate balance to have Constantine and Batman together. Because it, even, you know, Batman is as dark as you're going to get in the superhero side of things, but it's still almost another universe than the supernatural universes, you know? So... We're up in a book right now. Batman and Constantine? Yeah. Oh, okay. Batman and Well, there you go. There you go. And I, and I guess it's all the approach to the story, really, you know? Um, but certainly, that you know, but what I loved was what in the comics was just to dark the dynamic with John and Zatanna. I really enjoyed playing with that and their relationship. It was the same thing. Well, I don't love you except that I love you, but I don't love you, you know, and there's that tension again, you know. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll go. Okay, um, you talked
8: earlier about the story that loosely inspired this are there any other Publisher or Constantine stories that you would love to
7: adapt you know what I would like to do if they ever did another one there's one pivotal well I guess they've done this I don't want to give anything away damn you? Okay. <laughs> you know the backstory with Astro Loeb uh, which is really the sort of the inciting in- incident, as they say, of his whole in- career in life, and that uh, he lost this girl to that demon all those years before. And that's one of the things that's going on with him rescuing Chaz's daughter, is a way to atone for how he was screwed up years before. Um, I would like to see the resolution of that storyline. Can, you know, a journey to hell, and can he get her back, and finally, after all these years, get her back. And I think in the comics they eventually did get her back. Uh I, am not, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of all 35 years of Constantine, but I think that, but I think that would be a great story to tell.
4: I guess, because uh, he was, men- he was signaling, but... Okay. Um, again, because you are a writer who is known for getting to the, the core and the, the psyche of characters, is there anyone you haven't written yet that you would think would be a challenge and you'd like to take on?
7: It's a tough one because between the animated stuff and my comic book work I've probably written 95 percent of these characters, you know, but that doesn't mean you can't revisit them. Right. You know, uh, they're you know, I love the DC supernatural characters. I love you know the, the, that that corner of the, of the. That's why I was so happy that they did the Justice like, League Dark movie. Right. Because yeah. that corner of the DC universe, you know, Swamp Thing, Spectre, Phantom Stranger, all the Dead Man, all these wonderful characters, um, I would return to any of them. I really enjoy them, and even carrying on at Marvel, like I love Doctor Strange, you know, for the same reason. Right. He's an interesting psychological case on his own, and then he's moving through all these metaphysical worlds. So you get to play with themes of spirituality and metaphysics and psychology and emotion. So I really love those characters. But the trick for me over the years is when you go back to a character, or if you're writing them for the first time, is trying to find that corner and it's hard the longer the characters have been around find that corner of the psyche that maybe no one has found before right. you know, so it's like you got to get this drill and keep drilling deeper until you hit something that no one else has hit before and hopefully you can illuminate that character in a new way right. yeah. well, he's not stopping us if you want to ask him anything else talking about <laughs> <laughs>
8: so
5: I thought it was Craven all day. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think
7: Craven's last time would make it a great animated movie. I think, yeah. that's, like one of these, you know, nice ninety-minute animated movies. Then you don't have to worry that much that your lead actor is buried for a third of the story. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I always thought if they do, we're going to adapt Craven as a live-action. That would be the biggest problem you'd have. If you have some actor you're paying thirty million dollars to, and then you tell them for a third of the story you're going to be buried alive.
8: Are you know? <laughs> surprised that it hasn't been adapted yet? Um, I mean, it's one of Psychotic Spider-Man.
7: Yeah. So, one yeah. so, so, can we do one more question, or are we done?
8: You know what? You can do one more question
5: because I like these guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's a good one.
7: No pressure. And it's not a best. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's <about> Spider-Man. <laughs> any more Constantine questions?
4: Um, do you have any more? Do you want to continue with Constantine? Do you have any plans to go anywhere else with yeah. him?
7: That that um. That decision's above my pay grade. You okay. know, but if they came to me tomorrow and said we're doing another Constantine proceeding, you I wouldn't let them finish the sentence before I say yes. I really, I really had such a good time on this project. I was saying somewhere before. You know, sometimes the creative process is really, really great, and the finished product doesn't necessarily live up to what you had in your head. Other right. times, the finished product is great, but it was hell getting there. This project, from beginning to end, everyone I worked with along the way, it was just great. And then to see the finished project product, and it's really good, it doesn't happen all the time. Thank you. So I, I, mean, I, would, I would do another Constantine in a heartbeat. How
2: bringing you into the fold to work on these.
7: Well, I've been doing animation for like... 16 years now so uh, I've done a lot of animation I've, I've done, worked on three of these previous movies and uh, I think it sort of bounced off the Justice League Dark movies I think the fact that maybe the fact that I've worked on these characters in the comics as well but i um, this was an interesting one because it, it was done through CW Seed, so it wasn't done through the, uni- the usual Warner Brothers animation channels, it was a whole different group of people. You know, people from Greg Valanti's company, and from the CW, so it was, it was interesting. It was, I was working with a whole different group and it, was, uh, it, it made the project uh, that much more exciting. How did the CW Seed angle affect your approach to actually writing the script? It didn't. That's the great part because I just wrote a 90-minute movie, and then after the script, and I had to keep it in the back of my mind. It was going to be broken up in chapters, but you know, scenes have a, just if you write a scene right, they're going to have those climaxes and those endings. So you can break them anyway. But I just wrote the whole movie, and then after the fact, everyone got together and figured out where, what can we pull out for these five-minute segments. If I would have had to write it in five-minute segments, and then put it together and add more for a movie, that could have been really complex and difficult.
8: Yeah. Since you've had some experience uh, with the recent New 52 animated movies, do you have the opportunity to pitch future home-release movies that you would love to write? And if so, why don't we have Justice League International yet? <laughs>
7: That's a really good question. You know, 99 out of 100 times they come to me and they say, this is what we're doing next. You know, I've worked on just this year like three different projects, none of them were initiated by me. They come to me because they have their reasons why they're choosing this character or that character, and and off we go. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you.